just begin. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to the Near Jitsu Podcast. We're here with Black Pegasus. Bam! What's going down, y'all? We got uh, Rob Ward with us. Ruthless Rob, for those of you following on uh, Twitch. Um, today we're going to be doing conducting a little interview here in uh, Black P Studio. Hey. So uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Cool, we thank you for having you. Hell yeah. uh, this is uh, this number is one, right? Yeah. This, hey, this, cherry this, poppers. This is uh, this is our first show for those of you just tuning in or never watching. So uh, this is an interview I'm excited about. I'm a fan. Um, I, I really like Black Pegasus, and uh, actually, uh, I wanted to show you a little something. I don't know if you remember giving me this, but. This is from uh, 2017. Uh, like you gave me this at a yeah. fight to win Colorado Open. So yeah. uh, I do remember that. Actually. Yeah. I don't even know like what's going on with the uh, hard copies anymore because like literally since I've given you that, streaming is so relevant. It's like I used to order thousands of CDs because we'd move them, but now it's like cars aren't putting in CD players mm -hmm. and the new cars. Most of the new computers, you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to have, like, yep. an extended hard drive. So, like, I know for when I drop my next project, you know, the hard copies will be super limited. Or maybe we'll do, like, pre-orders. Like, hey, if you want a hard copy, pre-order, and then the rest will just be digital. So, yeah. that's, you have a dinosaur right yeah, there. And it's only, like, two, three years ago. Yeah, yeah that's crazy <laughs> how much technology changes in time. Um, of course, uh, happy Father's Day. Cool, when, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, uh... I guess uh, we'll go ahead and get get into it. So uh, you have uh, roughly about 10 studio albums yeah. right now? Yeah, so on my digital streaming, you know, I have about 10 albums. Like if you get on my Spotify, you can go through. Uh, I started this journey in a group, in a hip-hop group called FOS. So one of those albums, Focus on Skills, is online, but one of them I just have like physical coffee still. So it's like I might put it out, but... Yeah. But yeah, so like I have some stuff, like I have more work than, the, but 10 solo projects yeah, okay. I do have um, online. All right. Um, so I got to ask, what, what what point in life did you decide that this was, that you were going to chase this dream? Um, I want to say it was like 97, 98, actually it was 98, so... I always played with rap a little bit since like 93, 94, like freestyle with my friends over records and stuff. But in 98, um, I got introduced to uh, actually 97. We had this DJ and we'd rap and just and I was like, oh, like I understood how to put a beat my rhymes over a beat. But um, in 98, I went into my first real recording studio and my first real producer, Bass Jace. And then I got some beats from um, a buddy named Dub X, Chad Ellis, and then a couple other cats. But the moment I went in the studio and recorded in a real studio, that's where I got the concept for this. That's when I was sold. I was like, oh, wow. Because I was doing like a lot of other stuff that would probably get me in trouble just in general in yeah. life. But the moment I started recording, I was like, dude, I love this. And I didn't know I was going to try to do it for a living. Yeah. I was just like, yo, I... I'm like probably how you're passionate about jujitsu. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, dude, this is amazing. I started all my extra money. I started pawning gold chains, speakers, all my extra money went into studio time and buying beats. Cause back then there's no social media. So beats like this is 98. So beats were like getting original beats from producers was super hard to do and kind of expensive. Yeah, yeah. So I just spent everything on studio time and recording. And that's when I, 90, 98, the moment I, it was Illinois Studios. That's the name of his studio. 
And um, the moment I walked in that studio and recorded and I got to listen back, I was like, wow. Like, and they put the music on Dat, and he's like, for 10 bucks, I'll give you, you can put it on the CD. Yeah. Because CDs weren't like they were now. So he yeah. burnt it on a CD. And I was like, I have a CD of my own myself. And, yeah. You know, because we're just coming out of the tape cassette era. You're still selling yeah. tape cassettes in 98. Yeah. So, um, being able to get my music on a CD, it just blew my mind. I was yeah. like, I'm gonna do this, you know, like, I, like I'm gonna make music. That's what I knew. I was like, yo, I'm gonna just keep making music. So, okay, all right. Um, so once you uh, decided that this was, uh, you know, what you were gonna do for a career, what what kind of what what struggles do you think that would almost like? If if it's not too personal, any struggles that would have came that would have like almost derailed you, like, um, so the first decision was like, man, I want to do this, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, how do I make a living doing this, you know? And so I had to like get my expenses and certain things down to a certain level. But things that would have made derailed it or made it really hard would have been, and it actually derailed it for some of my buddies that started rapping with me. So like substance abuse. And then in my eyes, it would have made it really hard or challenging having a child, like really young, you know, because you got to think I start 98, I was 18. Mm-hmm. And I just had my first child uh, almost a year ago, like nine months ago. Yeah. So um, like that would have been really interesting, you know, challenging. And it's interesting to see someone with the story, like let's say Eminem, where it's, you know, he's always rapping about Haley and yeah. like, oh my God, the struggle was so like tight and it's just like I had to make it. So um you know, it's cool seeing that story, but you also see the challenges. And he was the one story that made it, but mm-hmm. there's a million stories who didn't. And when you have to start um, taking care of a child, there's different responsibilities you have, time, you know, just a lot of different things. So I couldn't imagine trying to juggle, you know, like living in my, because I, like, basically because of expenses, me and my boy Blizz had an apartment and we were, like, in the hood, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so yeah. it's just like, you know, it's just like a lot of those things, but the things that could have derailed it, um, I think substance abuse, um, having a child, and then, um, you know, uh, illegal activities too. Because, you know, when I started out, I, I, I was working at a call center, but then I was selling like dirt weed. At that mm-hmm. time, there was no good weed, yeah. and it was illegal as hell yeah. to sell it. Yeah. You get caught yeah. with dirt weed, You're it's a wrap. And so, like, if I would have continued all that, it could have been, a, you know, it could have yeah. been an issue. But, um, you know, honestly, the music. You know, it's kind of a cliche thing you hear with, like, let's say musicians, sometimes athletes, like, yo, music saved my life, but it really did get me on a track. I got focused. I got focused about something I was passionate about, and nothing changed that focus for, you know, so um, it really just, that that was it, you know, it kept me on my path. All right. Um, So you've done, besides just multiple studio albums and features, and uh, you actually do have been done tours mm-hmm. um uh one of those tours was waka flocka yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was that was this year and a couple of years ago too yeah yeah, yeah. so um what's the tour life like for those of us that'll never never get on tour what's that what's that 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 travel that just that 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 ambiance of the whole thing what's that like so i got lucky because um, some of your viewers might not have ever heard of me because I am under the radar. You know what I mean? Like I'm an underground hip hop cat, but I have been blessed. Like I've toured all of America, all of Europe, and most of Canada in my run. You know what I mean? And um, that lifestyle is very unique. Um, 
you know, I went on tour with Tech 9 Those were the craziest tours. And, like, just to keep it honest, just like what people present in the industry, touring is like that rock star lifestyle, like late nights, early morning, you know, a lot of attention, females, partying, like... Yeah, I guess it depends on who you're touring with. I wasn't like a partier like that because I told you like the substance abuse that could have got me off track when I'm on tour. But you, there's still no matter what, there's still like there's a lot of freedom, letting go, and partying mm-hmm. on the road. Just a lot of stuff that the average person doesn't see, um, and that's why I think so many people chase fame because fame is a drug and it gives you all these things it gives you women's attention it gives you popularity it gives you like i remember when i was super popping in colorado springs is like i go to the movies on a date and the dude oh you're black p here's a free ticket just like little stuff would just you know and it was cool you know so those type of things but touring brought that because touring helped me gain that popularity and then that popularity creates like this celebrity thing and then that you know creates something else of its own with just you know, all types of stuff. So, but yeah, definitely saw that, you know, some of that rock star lifestyle, not, uh, not as crazy as some of the rock stars. Right. But definitely lived part of the rock star lifestyle on the road for sure. Okay. Um, another thing, uh, some of our viewers may not know is you were the voice for the Denver Nuggets. Oh yeah. Yeah. That uh, was this year. Yep. Yeah. How did, how did, how did did that just kind of fall into place? Was it something you've been trying to get or, so what happened was like I've I've kind of been a pillar in the hip hop community in Colorado. Like I've always been kind of like the go to name for years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I kind of got my break in 2003 from some battle rap stuff. Gave me tons of notoriety out here. I actually was in Cincinnati. It's a battle called Scribble Jam. At that time, it was the biggest stage in the world to battle on. And actually, in the finals, I bought battled Rhymefest, um, and he uh, he he. Uh, wrote like Jesus Walks and stuff like that for okay. Kanye and yeah, done work yeah. with Kanye. But uh, anyways, that kind of catapulted me when I came home because I went out there, did really, I got second place, but it was like the world battling stage. So I came back home and back then without social media, there was a lot of rumors that, oh, like, you know, he did this, he did that, like rumors that I couldn't control. It's just mm-hmm. like, yo, he, you know, like I heard a rumor, he beat Eminem and like oh, all types no. of just craziness, right? And, oh, and no. what would happen, there's this rapper named Juice that I beat in the battle and he beat Eminem in the Hip Hop Olympics. So people were tying that story and it was oh, just crazy. Yeah. But back then, because there was no social media, I come back home, I'm the man. Anyways, um, it just really catapulted my career to being on that, uh, on that, echelon where just you know everything just started coming in i think i lost track of the question though i think i started going into the story no no that's 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 fine um one one more thing i had to ask about that um oh so yeah no um yeah when he says he's like a pillar in the Oh, the voice. Yeah. That so that's how I became so I can't my bad. The, 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 so I became like a you know, you know, in 2003 I got my name. I put a lot of things together and that's when I started touring and then I started living off of music in 04. And so I just since 04, I basically just toured and just put myself out there and did tons of shows like any I've opened up for Wu-Tang Clan, 50 Cent, TI, Tech 9. Um, Waka Flocka, I mean, you name it, like I've kind of been there, you know? So being that pillar, what happened was 
the Nuggets were changing their logo and their colors. The, um, I don't know if it was last year or this year. It's all like kind of jumbled up in my head right now. But they were changing the colors and logos. And what happens was they're like, we embrace change. The city of Denver, the evolution of Denver as, as it's growing, they're like, we want to embrace that change. And the Denver Nuggets is one of the franchise teams that have had multiple different logos if you want to compare it to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. So, like, we want to embrace that and grow. We have this young team that's phenomenal. We want to grow. So what they were looking for was a new voice and and uh, something kind of urban but not too urban, a little modern to fit this commercial for the logo switch so um they sat in a boardroom and i believe one of the homies um fast forward i didn't know him until after this but his name's alan he was in from fort collins and he saw me perform multiple times at the aggie in fort collins and he was just like hey what about black pegasus and um he kind of gave the backstory and everyone's like that's kind of a no-brainer yeah let's do it they hit me up i went in and did it and they uh i just did the uh the commercial, the voice for the commercial of the changing of, of the colors and the logo. And they liked it so much later in the season. They're like, Hey, do you want to do the whole season? And so that's still up in the air. They might hit me up this yeah. year to do it again, you know? And it's one of those things where I think when you get used to that regular radio announcer voice, we're like, da, 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 da. like people are kind of abrasive to it. But, but for me, they weren't, they're were like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. But I, it does take getting used to, I'm realizing there's a saying people, um, uh, I forgot the saying. It's about liking what should they know. Like they really, you yeah. know, they don't know what they like. They like what they know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it takes time to build that familiarity. But if they give me the chance and we keep doing it, you know, I think I think that could be a home run. So. Yeah. No. I, I, those were I was I, I was inspired, and you know, I'm a I'm a Cleveland fan. So there you go. <laughs> R.I.P. Fans. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, I was about to say. Uh, you know, for those of you that aren't in the Colorado, you you know you may not have heard of Black Pegasus, but here uh, I actually was working security, and I heard you in the club. I was working security over D, uh, DJ Chevy P. Do you know him? Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. They, uh, he was like, it's like, hey, it's Black Pegasus. This is DJ Chevy P. I was like, oh man, Black P. He's yeah. here. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Like you just you you're 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 all over the place. That's Definitely. that's cool. Um, okay, so. What about future events? What do you got? What do you got coming up? So, um, in the transition of being a, a, a rapper, I had to learn how to like put businesses together so I could make a loop because I never like broke. Mm-hmm. So since my career never super broke out of Colorado, um, I just naturally kind of gravitated to business. You know, having like looking up to people like Jay Z and um, Fifty Cent. So like I built a studio and then I. By default, I start. I became a promoter. I started promoting concerts. So, um, anyways, to answer your question, I every month I have four to five concerts going on in Colorado Springs, Denver, Fort Collins, sometimes Grand Junction in Colorado. But those are shows that I just promote. Like I bring out big names, sometimes smaller names, and um, and but you know every month I have something going on. So if you're on my social media and you see all this stuff. Sometimes it gets confusing because I'm promoting concerts that I'm bringing but not performing at. Um, I am working on performing at um, uh, the Black Sheep on 719. Um, we're, we live in Colorado Springs at 719 mm-hmm. is our uh, 
what is that area code? Area code, yeah. And um, so they want to do a seven one nine day because that's oh, on like okay. a Friday. And yeah. so my buddy from the Black Sheep, Kevin, hit me up, and I think I'll be headlining there. So that'll be my most recent thing. And then other than that, I'm I'm just trying to finalize this album, and then I'll headline some stuff. I'll open for some people, you know, um, because I'm a promoter, because I've been around so long, and I have a fan base. It's not hard for me to get shows. Like I can almost get on most of any type of show I want other than like the Red Rocks plays that takes a little more time and finagling but anything else like I have a lot of uh, I can just kind of get in there just because I have a good fan base and then I throw shows myself so if push comes to shove I'll just put myself on my own show that I threw so okay all right Um, so uh, do you have any uh, any artists that you're working with right now that you are excited about or any that that you may uh collaborate with or something like that so i started a uh back in the day me and my buddy started a label called brass knuckle entertainment in time we transitioned it to brass knuckle gang Mm -hmm. and um originally it was a record label format um we've recently turned it into like more of a crew thing as things start to change with digital you know where artists can kind of take control of their career i don't want to be like hovering over until I have certain leverages in the game where I can like get you on a tour or get you here and there, you know, so I don't want to slow down what they're doing. So it's more of like a crew thing opposed to the label thing now. But um, one of the people, the group that I'm working with pretty heavily is Chain Store Collective. Um, they're my buddies, um, Blitz, the, uh, in that group. Actually, he's one of the engineers here and he produces. So I'm working with him closely. I got a couple buddies like Judge J, Chris LaShawn. Um, my uh, originally I had the group with uh, like my boy Ray Ryder, Mickey Monday, and uh, Reckless County, but in this industry, like people kind of fade or they come back. You know, there's hills and valleys because you have a personal life, and then you have like this. It's almost like a fictitious yeah. life because you're like a superhero when you're on stage. You know, it's like different. It's 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 an interesting dynamic, but. You know, those are a lot of my buddies I work with. And then I work with tons of artists in the local scene. And I'm always looking for that next kid that I can try to help or put, you know, I'm always trying to position things and I'm always putting local artists on shows. It's kind of like a a system I connected where I can, where it helps me because they're out helping grind, sell tickets and do stuff like that. But I try to help them as well and create services and get them at the right spot and get them the exposure and certain things they need and try to make it an equal give take experience. So, you know, throwing shows, I work with tons of local artists and there's a lot of good local artists out there that, um, that, uh, you know, I work with and try to help get on, get on the platform. All right. So I got to ask the homage video. Okay, man, that, like I saw that thing over all over the internet. Like, yeah. it, what inspired the 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 theme for that video? Um, actually, I just kept listening to it, and in the background, there's like this. I don't know what was sampled, but it was just like this loud kind of uh, composition or opera sound. And I just kept thinking, you know how like Star Wars has all these like yeah. big sounds just to make the movie sound like what it sounds like. So that's just kind of, I just kept walking, walking my dog, listening to it. And I'm like, man, I just keep seeing like a desert. Like Mm -hmm. I was just like some Star Wars type stuff. And that's that. I just, I was like, man, could I make this happen? I talked to my video guy. I was like, can you make lightsabers? He's like, yeah. I was like, what do we have to do to do it? He's like, get a sword, make the, um, get some green tape, wrap the blade in green. He's like, I can make it happen. I can key it in. I was like dude, let's go to the sand dunes. Like, let's make yeah. this happen. Like, let's yeah. just I'm gonna make some crazy outfits. Yeah. Like, let's it was, just do it this. It was great. Yeah. Like, like, 
I, I, I saw people that don't even listen to rap reposting, and I was like, all yeah. right. That was a that was that was a brilliant just brilliant choice. You just got that just from walking, huh? Yeah, just well, this is the thing like with where I'm at in my career, I've done a million videos in the alley in front of a car with chicks like uh, just basic rapping, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always try to like so that like I always try to come up with very creative ideas. So it'll be like every other video, one will be like super creative and then the other one will just be like rapping like, you know, something simple. Yeah. And um, I just, I like creating, like that's actually my favorite part right now is like creating videos and coming up with the concepts. And um, so with that one, that one was just, that's the other thing. I've kind of been wanting to put more action sequences and like martial arts and stuff like that into the videos just because that's what I'm into. I'm into old school kung fu flicks and stuff like that. So I just want to put that stuff in the videos, whether people like it or not. I'm just like... Man, f what you're all talking about. Like, let me just let me just do it. Like whatever, you know. But it, it's weird because it kind of uh, alienates the female fan base because yeah. you know what I mean. Like yeah. they're like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's like it. trying yeah. to find that balance. But like I, that's just what I'm into. So I'm like cool. And with that, it was like I've always liked Star Wars and then putting my own flip on it because what I tried to do was flip it up. I mixed it with stuff I like, so it has all the Star Wars schematics but the idea being in the desert is kind of from that scene of a shogun assassin yeah where he fights the three guys and yeah, stuff like yeah. that you know so i yeah. got a lot of that ideas and imagery from that and just mixed it with star wars and just made it a whole play yeah. on all of that so yeah, it was it that was that was one of my favorite videos but um i don't know how much involvement you had on this one but uh like that that one you know took us to a different place you know we we didn't feel like we were just somewhere listening to the music video one that I thought was crazy, like I said, I don't know how much your involvement was, but the video way back, is it? Is oh that, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. guys were just around Colorado Springs. Like I recognize the places, but the vibe of the video, like, and then you guys just the the, the what you guys are doing the video, like I it, you were in Colorado Springs, but we weren't there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It was like I was like I, 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 as a as a film student, I was just like, man, this video has everything you need. You guys walk, you had the boom box, yeah, and yeah. you know, it, it felt like I was you know in like a little it was in Colorado Springs but it was in his own little hip hop world so right. I thought that was pretty cool as a matter of fact I wanted to tell you your your verse on there is what inspired me and Hector to sit down and, and start talking about this we were literally were sitting down like kind of brainstorming we were like man let's throw this on and we, we watched that we listened to that verse we're like nope you know what Black P's right. You know, we don't need a boss. We're going to go ahead and try to do this on our own. So. Yeah. That's actually been my success story. Diving in. Mm-hmm. Like, um, with the music shit, like, I didn't have my shit together. I remember at first, you know, I got laid off my job and I was like, what am I going to do? So I started getting unemployment and then I just started battle rapping and I'd win every weekend. So I was winning 350 to 500 bucks a weekend battle rapping. So I made it where, like, I would go in my basement, write punchlines, and then just freestyle and try to connect the punchline in the freestyle, just watch TV and just, like, get good at my craft. Because back then you actually... It was like freestyle over beats. Mm-hmm. So you had to be on beat. Like, it was just different. But the, this was the 8 Mile era. So, yeah. like, when 8 Mile dropped, all of a sudden everyone was throwing a battle. And this allowed me to, like, literally between unemployment and um, battle rapping, I was able to live. And then when the unemployment ran out, I just figured it out. Like, I just dove in. Like, I was there. I was like, and, and it's been the, when I built this studio... I was nervous because I had to put up like 15 grand almost to like get all the right equipment, get, you know, the furnishing, get, you know, first month, last month's rent, like all these things. And I was like, man, is this going to be a good investment? But 
you know, I just had to do it. Like we had to buy that glass, cut the wall out. My father-in-law helped me put um, the glass in and all that. And so like all these little details, all of it costed money. And I was like, dude, what am I doing? But then once it was built, you know, that I just kept, it was the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. You know what I'm saying? And that, and it took like two years to get to the point where it's like profitable, but it was, it didn't take that long. It took me like seven months to be able to just pay the rent. I was like, okay, cool. We're paying the rent. And then it started getting, you know, making a little bit here and there. And here we are, you know? All right. So that's good stuff. Um, so a funny thing is, uh, one of our favorite movies is uh, The Last Dragon. Yes, yes A lot of absolutely. people don't know what The Last Dragon is. And I, I tell people, they're like, how'd you get into martial arts? And I was like, I was literally watching TV one day, and The Last Dragon came on. I was like, black people do kung fu and karate? I'm <laughs> like, I do that now, too. And then when they came out glowing and stuff, I was like, that's it. I'm sold. I need to, I need to be able to work hard until I can glow. So, uh, what, what got you into jujitsu? I got to ask. So, um, I'm going to just go back so I can relate with you on that. So when my first flicks that I ever saw, my dad's from Harlem and we went to Harlem to move his, his, his mother to California because they were just in a, it was like a, you know, where it was at, it was like just, it was just a bad situation, you know? And I remember being there and there'd always be like Kung Fu flicks on just late at night. They just run on cable or not cable, just normal television in Mm -hmm. New York. And I just, I don't know why, but there's this time I was chilling with my dad and I just, I was super young, maybe two or three. And I just remember Enter the Dragon being on Bruce Lee. And I was like, I was so into Bruce Lee from a very young age. Like it just was like. I loved Bruce Lee and The Last Dragon connected it. The Last Dragon made it be like something that I always liked in Bruce Lee now relates to like black culture too. And you're like, oh man, like, and then it's so like, it's like cool, hip and funny. You know what I'm saying? So that's how it was. But I was into all just crazy, like the perfect weapon and Cynthia, what was her name? Rock Rock, the ninja movies. Like I just love martial arts. I bought black belt magazines every month. Like I was just, uh, like I just loved martial arts. Like, so anyways, um, fast forward, you know, I had started doing karate and traditional martial arts since probably, five so like we always did it on and off then when we got to colorado um we started universal kempo karate so i was still into the karate thing and i saw the ufc when it first dropped what was that like when was that 90 90 93 maybe yeah i think so it was somewhere around yeah because it was like on dvds and Mm -hmm. stuff and so like i wasn't supposed to see when i saw it i was like 13 or 14 but I was always just thinking, even though I saw it, I didn't connect Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I didn't get it because I was so young. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to train karate harder. This is just ill. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these dudes are actually fighting. So I just was doing karate. And and in Kenpo, I was doing tournaments, um, you know, the point tournaments yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But honestly, time passed. My parents couldn't afford to keep us in karate. We got out of it. I got into music. I just got into music and I disappeared from martial arts, but it was such a big part of my life. Um, in, uh, I'm guessing 2016, I was like, man, I can't live without martial arts anymore. It just, it was like, there was a space that music wasn't filling for me anymore because I was already like 18 years into music and I was kind of burning out. And I just started, I was like, man, I'm going to do Kung Fu, kickboxing, karate, ninjutsu. I was like, I'm going to do something. And then I was like, or, or jujitsu. And what happened was, honestly, I was watching the Joe Rogan podcast, and I forgot who he had on, but they were basically saying, like, if you were going to do a combat sport, 
the base of almost all combat sports is going to be either jujitsu or boxing jujitsu because it always ends up on the ground boxing so we always start standing up kind of thing it's like these are two great bases to have and um i i was like okay okay and my buddy simone one of the dudes i started rapping with he was in my rap group fos he went by mc strife he does jujitsu and had been doing it for like two years he's like bro this is a no-brainer do jujitsu just trust me he's like just go in and try it so I just called a few schools around town. I ended up going to um, going to Bills, and I was like, "Wow, my first night!" Actually, I got thrown to the wolves. I was rolling my first night. Oh, really? Yeah, like it was like what? <laughs> Man, like it was yeah. like oh shit! Like and now that I look back, I was like, "That's ridiculous," because I was I didn't understand it, and so I rolled too hard for like yeah. the first month, <laughs> like just yeah. being like you know. Oh, man, I look, I feel like a dumbass. Oh, man. But anyways, but yeah, so that's how I got into it, you know. But once I got into it and understood what it was, I was like, wow. I was like, I got to do this the rest of my life. I was like, there's no, like, I have to, like, you'll never understand it fully because it's always evolving. Mm -hmm. But that's why I was just like, dude, I just have to do this. And um, I've even, in my brain, like, I'm like, yo, once I get to, like, purple belt-ish level or mid-purple, I want to start taking up some striking again, but I'm not going to, like, sacrifice the – because the learning process is a lot longer for grappling for me. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can watch a video and they try it in the gym. They're like, oh, I'm a phenom, you know. Yeah. I'm like, okay, good for you. Yeah. But that's – got to do it a million times, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying, for it to connect. And But that's one of those things I just dove in. I just went showed up to the gym, and I was like, oh, wow, right here in. we are, you know. Yeah. That's funny you say that because everybody's like, yeah, so, you know, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a while, too, and, like – I'm still the student that my teacher can show me something. They'll show it a bunch of times. Then when it's time to go over there and do it, like, all right, go ahead and practice. I'm like, you go first. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Congrats <laughs> on your brown belt, too, oh, man. Thank like, you, thank I, you. I told you online, but it's different than yeah, saying it in you. person. I appreciate oh, yeah, it. That's I appreciate it. Um, so, uh, we, you know, combat sports is, is, is something that I think that a passion for a lot of people, especially the three of us. Um, did you happen to see any of the Bellator fights or hear about any of, any of them? This weekend? Yeah. Yeah, I did. So what do you think about Shale Sonnen finally retiring? I mean, I think it, it was weird because it was like super emotional, right? And you're like, oh, man, that sucks, you know? But I haven't seen anything that made me be like, yo, keep going, like keep pushing. I, I do think when he made the decision, it was definitely a lot of emotion stirring. So, like, that's kind of, like, I try not to make decisions when I'm that emotional. Yeah. But I think he had thought about it. I think with the way, like, he's so good on TV and the podcast. I think he's kind of like, he's kind of like, man, I get, like, he knows and he said it. He's like, there's something, la- he was lacking the fight or something. Like, he was like, mm-hmm. I'm lacking something. I get it. Because recently I've been feeling that way with music. But with music, I don't put my body on the line. So yeah. you give it a rest. You come back when you're feeling a beat. Like, oh, I got to get in. It just comes back. And so maybe if you want to go in the gym and train, cool. But I think when you're doing combat sports and putting your like your physical life on the line, it's like I think you do have to make that decision. And I, I, I haven't really seen like some breakout performance from him in a while where I'm like, oh, like, yo, you got this. Just make that last run. It's like, yo, if you're not really have a goal, it's kind of hard to stay passionate too. Like if you're going after that belt or like the tournament because they do those tournaments in Bellator, cool, you have a reason. But once you're out of that tournament, it's kind of like, does he really need the money? He has a great career in broadcasting. Yeah. So Not to mention he has Sub Underground and Mm -hmm. he's got a lot of stuff going on. So especially in Oregon, he's got a lot of stuff. And also sometimes that stuff can distract you from being an elite athlete because most of the elite athletes – 
they're zoned in. They don't do anything else. It's just right. like, yo, this is what I'm doing. I'm going all out. And I think some good athletes can juggle it. You know, you see Ty- Tyron Woodley, he juggled it for a while, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, sometimes that will be what, that'll be the breaking point is that one athlete that said, well, no, I'm not going to do this other shit. I'm doing this. Yeah. And sometimes that will be what the, the deciding factor in a fight. So that's what I think. Look what happened to Connor with Proper oh, yeah. 12 and stuff. As soon as he got a sponsorship from Dana, it was just like, mm later i'm gonna go collect a whole bunch of money and tell yeah. me what i want yeah and and honestly if i were i, I don't blame them either like you know why, why keep risk it like people are using your name to try to propel themselves up to that level and you're like why i'm already making money i can make boxing money now i'm gonna sit on my couch and make that much thanks guys <laughs> yeah um so uh we actually were talking before we actually went uh on the show talk about marco polo um netflix if you're listening bring that back Please, um, please, please. <laughs> yeah, you done messed up. <laughs> uh, besides that, is there any other like uh, TV shows or uh, like even 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 in the the past? Like for me, uh, what was that that warrior show where they'd like theoretically pit the warriors against each other? Like uh, oh, history's uh, black ops or something. Yeah, like that? something like that. It was it was they 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 take like people with, that are proficient in there and they have chopped the gel dummies and measure the force and then they put it in a computer and simulate and stuff like that. Is there any type of shows that you, like, find interesting? Uh... Yeah, so, like, I honestly watch podcasts or listen to podcasts a lot. So I watch shows less than the average person. But um, recently, I kind of binge-watched. I didn't even know. I think it's tight. But ent- I think it's called Enter the Badlands or The Badlands. Oh, yeah, Into the Badlands. I was like, yeah. oh, this is kind of cool. This is up my alley. So yeah. I was like, it's like has this kind of crazy story with some martial arts. Like, okay, cool. So I enjoyed that. Um um, wifey put me on to Stranger or Stranger Things. I yeah. was like, man, I like I saw. I'm like, man, I'm not gonna like this '80s throwback thing. And then I started watching. This is tight. So <laughs> I like that. Um, Marco Polo, and then w- weird shows like I like all the fighting stuff on Netflix. Like, there's this one fight show where the dude goes to different countries and he and he shows. It's called Fight Something. Yeah, yeah. And I saw that. I saw the Dustin Poirier documentary on there way back. That's yeah, really that, good. There's hey. some good ones on the low. They take them off, though. Yeah. But it, a lot of people have not seen that Dustin Poirier. Dude, it like, was on Netflix, like, and yeah. it's fire. It's really yeah, good. The, the, my favorite part is when the little dude's in the background. He's like, Dustin Poirier. He's like trying to pronounce his name as a little announcer. <laughs> but I always make that joke, and nobody has seen the documentary, so they don't understand it. But, yeah, like I, I've, I've liked Dustin Poirier since way back then so I'm pretty excited he's gonna get a chance at the title I'm, I don't know if he can take Khabib because he's pretty good but <laughs> I, I'm rooting for him but you know the, the odds are stacked against him but I, I hope he does alright yeah stuff like that I like doomsday preppers too for some reason oh. I like <laughs> stuff like that like naked yeah. and afraid is kind of cool too yeah. so I like stuff like that but yeah some of those ones get wild yeah <laughs> alright um well I think that's about all we were wanting to cover uh Oh, the Anthony Joshua fight. What did you What did you think about that? Mm. Now, my friends uh, have a show. Uh, James Dominguez and Kelly Pavlik. What's up, guys? Uh, James had from Inside Source. He got that Joshua was knocked out during sparring, either the week of the fight or the week before. And a lot of people have dissected the fight and, you know, they showed pictures where he was like, they were about to call his name and he looked out of it and stuff and they think he was concussed. And then there's other people on the other side that are like, we're trying to take away from Ruiz's accomplishments. What's, what's your opinion on it? Um, so from watching it, 
I've heard that too as well. I think that makes a difference. If he was really concussed or, or got knocked out in practice, I think you need you, you need to take a few months off, give your, your body and your mind a rest. Um, so I do think that could play a, a role. You know, I, I don't so you know how you have the internet experts, right? Yes. That's so yes. I really I really hesitate on so when I give my opinion, this is just total opinion based on the minuscule amount of boxing I know. You know what I mean? But when you look at Anthony Joshua, I think to myself, I'm like, yo, when you were in trouble just playing that distance game, he is so long. And homie was short and pudgy. And he did the whole, Ruiz brought the fight to him. But I just felt like Anthony Joshua does have the athleticism just to keep him off and just make it his fight. So I don't know what happened there. I don't, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, and, and no. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, and, and I was wondering, I was just thing, like, like, why are you still in there? Like, why are like, you hey, I got hurt and then I'm going to go brawl. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of, I don't know if ego got there. Like, Oh, home, like he went into like, it doesn't matter what happened in practice. I got this dude's number. He's not on my level because, you know, he is one of the elite champions in a, in a sense. Um, I know everyone kind of downplays because he hasn't fought Wilder or Fury, um, you know, and I don't know if that's, you know, a lot of he's scared, but a lot of times politics come come into play too. And then you're trying to please your can't your, your coaches, your management. Yeah. So, you know, if these dudes are getting in there fighting the people they're fighting, you know, you can look at, let's say, Wilder and be like, that's a scary dude. But I don't think at that level anyone's like, hey, let me, I'm not fighting him. I'm scared. You can't, you can't like no. combat <laughs> athletes don't think like that and get to that level. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so people keep saying, oh, he's scared. He's scared. And I'm like, y'all need to calm down. Like, you know, there's a lot of different things at play. Yeah. I don't think he's scared. Um, I do understand why people do. And I, and I could understand why maybe they're trying to place it. But now it's kind of backfired that he lost to Ruiz and, yeah. and they got to do a rematch. And I think the rematch will kind of answer the opinions. Like, cause I think, you know, like, you're going to get to see how good uh, Ruiz is really because, you know, right now everyone's playing him like he's a fluke, kind of like they played uh, a Weidman yeah. against Silva, which even his both his wins were so fluke-ish. Yeah. It was like, but then when he started defending his title, it's like, oh, shit, this dude's good. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? And I think I think that's what they need. They need to see, like, see where it's at. And I think, uh, you know, it's going to be a test because once you get get beaten, and it did kind of seem like he gave up, but the thing is, if you're like dazed and confused, if he really was concussed and he was just wasn't there, what if he didn't give up? What if he just wasn't there? You know, because the other thing is a lot of people making these opinions. Um, the only people I can really respect their opinion is people who've been concussed yeah. and been in a combat situation because, you know, you can make all these uh, you can allude to all these things. But I've never been terribly concussed, so I can't tell you the type of decisions I'm going to make, how I'm going to feel, blah, 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 you know. I, I I took a concussion when I was super young, flew off a bike, hit a, hit the ground, was out for a few. But other than that, like, you know, in a combat situation, yeah. I haven't taken that. So mm-hmm. I, it's, I don't want to allude to some things that I don't know about. But, you know, I've seen, you know, chatter, oh, he gave up, you know. And I'm like, cool, maybe he did. But at the same time, maybe he was blurry, you yeah. know. There's a lot going on in the mind when you get hit. And, you know, the other homies – throwing like he has some power yeah and he has some quickness so yeah absolutely i agree and uh like one of the pictures that burns into my mind is that 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 knockdown and when he looked up and blinked like he could not see anything like i i knew then i was like well there's something going on right yeah. there like maybe it was just how hard he got hit or maybe it was like they said you know it was a little adding up to the concussions but you, you, you could tell that wasn't just giving up that was like when you're trying to 
blink open and see and your eyes are like this big, you're like, that's, that's struggling to see what's going on. I cannot stand the majority of combat sports fans because the way they dissect things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's so opinion-based. They know, have no facts, and they're just like, he's scared, he's this, he's that. I wasn't even really a super Anthony Joshua fan until after the fight. He did this interview. I don't know if you saw it. And he said a quote that I actually put on one of my pictures on Instagram. And I just, I was like, this is a down-to-earth dude. And he's a good dude. So when people are just going ham on him like that, I'm like, dude, y'all. But he said, don't let success get to your head. And don't let failure get to your heart. Yeah. That's one of the illest things. I've never heard that quote. I'm sure it's floated yeah, around, you know. But, yeah. but I was like, dude. And But just what he was saying, he's like, you know, we're going back to the drawing board. And, you know, we're going to work hard just like we've always done. And I was like, I can just respect that. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, you know, if someone does something crazy disrespectful, then I'm like, oh, yeah. But people are so quick, too. And the, the funniest thing I think is hilarious and when people try to spend Floyd Mayweather's money on the internet. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I get it. Like, he's over here flaunting all this stuff. But who are you to say, like, they're always like, yo, you could have gave that to poor kids. And I'm like, dude, what if he does? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, why why don't you do that? Well, I don't have it. Well, then why don't you shut the fuck up and get it? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I get it. Like, he's polarized. He's done some horrible stuff. He's done some good stuff. But everyone's so quick to be like this, that, and the other. I'm like, yo, man, we're human. You remember that? We've all made mistakes. Like, I just... I, I love how people put certain people under the microscope and then it's just, just let's go ham yeah, like and I'm just like dude I get it but it, it kills me I guess I'm kind of laid back with it and that's probably why I don't get as much attention on social media either because it's really hard for me to rant on someone unless I have all the facts and I'm like yo this was a bad play it's even it's hard for me to even give my full opinion on stuff just because I'm like that's what everyone's doing and I'm just like I don't know it just I'm like, yo, like, opinions are opinions. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. just like, so it's it's weird. But, um, yeah, man, definitely. Anyways, I just had to put that out there because yeah. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's 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 pretty insane. It's pretty insane. The cyber tough guys are real. Yeah, yeah. that's a real <laughs> thing. But, all right, that's uh, that's that's the sh- we'll conclude the show. Uh, make sure you follow Black Pegasus on Black Pegasus Raps on Instagram. Yep, so on Instagram and Facebook, it's at Black Pegasus Raps. And then, um, on well, you don't need the Snapchat if you're grown. If you're grown, you don't need my Snapchat. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, don't forget, uh, Rob will be on uh, Twitch under Ruthless Rob. Ruthless Rob. Ruthless, Ruthless underscore Rob. Yep. All right, and uh, we'll be uh, back again. I think our next one, we might do uh, a video game review with Ruthless Rob. Yeah. And then uh, we got a couple other interviews coming up, so stay tuned for those. Uh, Thank you for checking us out. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you guys for having me, too. Peace out, (laughs) y'all.